I only screw up once in a while. <laughs> as soon as you become custom that I'm competent, that's when I'm going to screw well, up. Well, it's, you know, the the way I always look at it, and I always say this at work to, to uh, some of my colleagues, um, and because lately I, lately I don't do it, but uh, sometimes they're less experienced than they do. Uh, I say, look, mistakes happen. They're going to happen, period. Especially in software development. Yeah. Well, your goal is to try to make sure you never do the same mistake twice. As long as you learn from your mistakes, that's what learning is. So, yeah. I, I mean, I find it important to, to, to make mistakes huh. in software development in particular. You're, you're running a lot of the time. I mean, the computers are perfect to run at making logic. We're not. And so a lot of the times we're thinking we're not understanding the logic the computer is. And so we make the mistake. We're essentially running experiments. We're running a whole bunch of different experiments and we're finding the the logical. Uh, what's what's interesting is you, you said the computers are perfect, right? In term- Well, relatively perfect. But like imagine the work it is to to make a CPU mm-hmm. and to do the. Hardware, the you it's, know the microcode, the it requires. I mean, it requires a mind who has worked on that stuff for a long, long time, that's able to understand those things. I mean, the, the truth is that I could, uh, I, I could write a lot of relatively complicated programs with ease, but it's always when I'm doing new stuff and trying new stuff that I have to play around and, and test things. Right. So I imagine that somebody who's a circuit designer can design a lot of relatively complicated circuits with ease, but when they're trying to do a new thing, they have to explore and and play around with it. Right, but I mean, you got to give Intel and AMD credit for making processors that you can consider practically infallible. You know, I know the, the processor. The you know the how how many times. Does a bug that you're tracking down comes down to that the hardware is broken? Oh, okay, yeah, it, it, very rarely. You're, that's that's almost okay. never, right? right? Has it ever happened? There was a weird error today that I, we're not sure why it happened. Um, okay, it's it shouldn't have been able to happen. Uh, an identity of of a of a database record was set to zero on a table where identity you can't change identities uh and that caused an issue because we never expect zero right so how that could happen we have no idea you shouldn't be able to import that number into there is an auto incrementing field you shouldn't be able to change it to zero right it could be hardware could be because it, it's it, more it's not, likely it's a database more likely server. but it's not out of it's not ruled out right uh, database server is much more a better place to look than sure the chip sure but uh, the chip is is doing i mean it's not that <laughs> is it that surprising the the essentials of how computer science works have were basically developed by aristotle and Sure, and his, but uh, uh, thinking back of like errors that have made it into like Intel's production chips, I can like think of one like big error, right? The floating point error. Yeah, 
Uh, and that was a lot more complicated than Aristotle ever got. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I'm just saying, you know, kind of I'm reflecting on myself, right? Because I've never really had, I really never inspected this kind of line of thinking before. It's like, it's kind of surprising to me that chips don't have more problems. So that that gets me to an interesting thing. I, I think it's interesting. We'll see if you think it's interesting. The Newton's big uh, book, you know, his his major uh, work, Principia, Principia Mathematica. Princi- yeah, that's it. Close. Uh, so that so that became a very you know the principles of of mathematical philosophy. I think is is how you would translate it. Um, in the early, in, somewhere in the I think early twentieth or late nineteenth century, Bertrand Russell and some other person wrote a new Principia Mathematica where they tried to, the concept was to write down the mathematics itself uh, in a complete way. Okay. Uh, For, I've like, I've looked at it. (laughs) It's, (laughs) It's nigh and incomprehensible for somebody who's not extraordinarily well understood in set theory and uh and very advanced mathematical like the the atoms of math which i am not uh someone who knows uh but it's a fascinating work for example they show finally uh that two plus two equals four unlike the 200th page or something like that because they have to define sets and they right. have to define how the sets work with each other. They have to do all this definition okay. of how this actually works until they get to the point where they can say, all right, well, we have, then we can take all this and say this is a numeral two. This is a numeral two. These are values two. And you can do this process called addition and get this answer for. It was, it's a remarkable work. It is very... Um, deep Turing and or really it was Girdle Girdle who came first sort of brought around to them this won't work it, it it's impossible to make a complete axiomatic theory of math or to make a complete theory of this type using the logical structure without having it self-refer and so therefore being uh not universal okay uh I'm okay uh, <laughs> i mean <laughs> so what what i'm what, what i'm saying is incomplete it's even though it's a very very powerful set of measurements i guess you could say or, or set of laws it's necessarily incomplete there are answers that you cannot you, you can ask questions of it that cannot be answered using it and turing really found these and and, okay. and uh tankenbrot is is another is a german or russian or some a computer guy who came up with who really came up with solid foundations for saying yeah there are certain things that all this wonderful logic and math we built simply cannot answer are not answerable okay and therefore undescribable okay i get that part okay so here's an interesting issue I have as a parent. Okay. Allie loves school. Right. Like she 
if she has a doctor's appointment, she's worried about missing a class. Okay. Loves school. Cool. Apparently, during recess, she doesn't play with anybody. And teacher told her, Allie, tomorrow I'm going to make you play with somebody. We're going to get you to play. And she's been trying to get girls to invite her to play with her and stuff. This stressed out Ellie so much that she didn't want to go to school today. So the nice thing about school these days is you can email the teacher. The teachers actually work. Uh-huh. Like, I mean, I'm sure they grade papers in the evenings, but I mean, they're fairly reachable, like through email. It, it's a, it's kind of surprising. It's like not the teachers uh, I, mean, I remember. I but think that if things you, change. If you but, want, to, if you want to be a teacher, you want to help kids yeah. at some level. Yeah. So, but it's like, and the teacher, like, oh, like, oh my God, I didn't realize it would have affected Allie that way. But like, she didn't want to go to school because she was, Uh, the teacher was going to make her play with someone at recess. She's like, I'd rather stay in and do math. And she, she, there's nothing wrong with that. She, I think it was, she's, and she also like prays for, not prays for, but like roots for um, inside recess, like rainy days and stuff. Like, I guess. Teacher said there's probably about 170 kids outside recess at the time, you know. So maybe it's overwhelming for her. But I mean, she, she's she's not antisocial. Like no, I, I think that. So I'm I'm trying to like like. I'm not worried so much. Oh, you know, I I want to well, know if it, there's it, something it would, I you would be don't human understand. if you didn't, if you didn't right. worry. I'm trying to figure out if there's something like like I'm trying to understand the situation. Sure. She says, like, the, the stuff the girls play are boring. Like, they play, like, uh-huh. Imaginary Princess stuff, and she doesn't want to play that, you know. Um, she'd probably be fine playing with the boys if they are playing kickball or something, but they only play basketball, and she doesn't want to play basketball. And, yeah, just trying to, like, trying to figure out how to, like, you know, best handle this situation. Teacher off, mentioned he was going to talk, she was going to talk to the guidance counselor, about it and see if he has any suggestions. Okay, what's your goal? I don't know what my goal is. Um, I don't want this to be a warning sign for something bad. I don't know. I mean, that's my main goal. And I want to. I, okay, so from my perspective, I hear nothing bad yeah. about what's happening. I hear that perhaps it's She's not the most socially awesome. Yeah. She's not she's not one of the super popular kids. As one growing up on myself, I know that Ellie will be fine yeah. if she yeah. isn't one of the super popular kids. I wasn't kids. a super popular kid. No I way. also know that you do want Allie to appreciate STEM subjects, math, engineering. Right. So okay, so here's the thing. Um you know, we we're talking about girls confidence dropping like clockwork uh-huh. you know as they get older maybe i'm more i think i'm worried that this is a precursor to her losing her confidence or something like that i i think the opposite see i, I think that what makes people lose confidence is they talk they, they get socially involved with other kids and the other kids are like i don't know i'm not really good at math and they're right. kids they Listen and take on yeah. properties inherit of what they're hearing. A lot of them. They yeah. inherit, yeah. Their whatever is their social strata informs them as yeah. what they're doing. If anything, I expect her to get better 
at math by not playing around, not hanging around in these situations. Because <laughs> she's not doing that stuff. She's doing the math stuff. She's going to be really confident because that's the stuff she knows. It's like, uh, to give an example of, of something that is not as cool and awesome and powerful as math, if you love like if you liked comic I wasn't a comic book guy but let's say you liked comic books when you were a uh-huh. kid and that's what you did right. you read all comic books you would know these comic book universes you would know them and and if you were then like shunned by some people you'd know even more about <laughs> right. the comic book universes you would go in depth and you'd know all this stuff because that would be your you you'd feel some sort of pull towards that but you'd also feel a kind of revulsion and so you'd want to stick with what you know and what you like. And it sounds like she's liking the yeah. stuff that's going to be important to yeah, her yeah. In the future. I mean, the part of me, the parent side of me, just doesn't like the idea of her being unhappy at recess and trying to figure out if she's not telling us something. You know, if she was of course she's not bullied telling you something. or you know, she's, something like that. She's so. not going to tell you everything. Yeah. Uh, telling not telling us something important. Like, and she's there are going to yeah, be things yeah. that are important that she's going to think about. You just think back to to you when you're that age and understand that everybody feels that way. Uh, and that, in essence, that's okay. It, it, having having periods where you feel alone is fine because you will have other periods where you but feel you, yeah, I mean, fully yeah. empowered and you're... And and with and, and you'll have plenty of time to be with other people. It doesn't have to be at recess. I don't think it's a problem, right? I'm just, you know, I like worried that it may be yeah, one, you know, I, that kind of thing. Like, you know, I, I, the funny thing is, she's, she's so social, especially with adults, right? She'll talk anyone's ear off, mm-hmm. you know. I'm surprised that she's not just hanging out with her teacher at recess, you know, let alone, you know, instead of well, sitting she off by probably herself. would, but. It, it might be socially awkward to hang out with the teachers. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, like I said, I mean, I'm, I'm... it sounds like you're not raising the most popular girl in school. Oh no. No. Yeah, exactly. That, that is, that, that would be, if anything to me, the thing that that surprised me, I mean, she, like I said, she loves school and she's like, Oh, she was like stressed. She was making herself sick about thinking about what the teacher was going to make her do at recess. Yeah, it's like. So I hope you. Told I, mean, her, I, I guess there's worse problems to have. I hope you told the teacher let her do what she wants to do. Well, Heather sent her an email, and like teacher's been very communicative about it, and like look, talking about. She talked to Allie today and said she's not going to make her do anything that makes her feel uncomfortable. That kind of thing. I think what the teacher might want to try to do, if anything, is. See if other kids are having math problems and ask if they want to have Valley tutor. Have, or well, just oh. have them talk about math stuff during yeah. during the recess. Maybe some, maybe maybe not during recess. Maybe you yeah. take time out of one of your math classes and you say, like, if anybody is struggling with this, you know, Ali uh, Ali just worked on something like this, and she might be able to help you out with it. So, some way to if if you're a teacher, you could probably come across as a way yeah. to to get the kids involved in something. Yeah, she's done a couple things yeah. like that. Like uh, when Ali started, when they just started subtracting two, maybe three-digit numbers from each other, I gave Ali like a 12-digit number to, to subtract. Yeah. And her first question was, how, I don't know how to do that. I'm like, 
think about it. See if you can figure it out. And she figured out how to do the whole thing, ungrouping that she needed to do. You know, and actually, the Allie put the paper that we did in. There's a folder that she. It's kind of the the courier between home and work, home and school, right? So we put it in there, and then so the teacher saw it, and Allie said that the teacher like put it up on the overhead projector for like everyone to see. So I mean, she's definitely getting positive feedback for that yeah. kind of thing. It'd be cool if 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 the teacher. So one of the. One of my favorite experiences uh, in a class in high school, I remember, was, I don't even remember what exactly happened, how it exactly happened, but it was a history class. And we were all bored. <laughs> no one was really paying attention. Uh, and the teacher asked us, you know, why, why are you not paying attention? And, and one of the, it was, it was Teddy, <laughs> so I remember, I said, this is, this is just boring. It's just boring. We, we don't. We're not what should we care and so on a on like a dime i don't remember liking this teacher but i do remember this moment where i was like wow this is cool because this teacher on a dime said all right let's play a sort of a game let's imagine you are we we're learning like middle ages history let's imagine you're a trading company getting going groups and start to imagine you're a trading company what would you do to to you live in the Middle Ages. You had that's the technology you have. Mm-hmm. What would you do to make yourself grow as a trading company? And that got us all to start to think about mm-hmm. all the little stuff that we knew about the Middle Ages, how it would all work, how we would do transportation, how we would <laughs> where we would be, what type what type of things right. we would sell. I mean, yeah, for me, history history in school sucked, right? Yeah. And it was later when I was out of the school and before the history channel sucked. I'm like <laughs> Oh my God! Documentaries and history is fascinating. Why didn't I ever yeah. have a teacher that could teach any history subject interestingly? But the point is not about history. The point is more. I think that you give your kids little nuggets of information, yeah. and you let them work through problems. Oh, yeah. uh, and especially if they do it as a group, it really that reinforces the social about. That reinforces the social stuff much more than recess does. Working as a group to solve problems, mm-hmm. I think, is much more socially valuable than uh, giving them 50 minutes a day to run outside and play. So, I mean, play is important, but you're also teaching people how to work together. Right. Uh, and, and, and really how to... I feel like one of the best things about that also was you combine people who aren't necessarily friends because then you start to learn about other people and you start to learn right. that they're, that these other people are still cool even though you just never talk to them. I mean, in, when you're that age, you shun people simply because you don't know them because you, you either heard they're, they're, it's the people they're hanging out with or the way they dress that's very different from you. Right. And... There's social social things that Ellie is really good at. There's a boy in his her class, Zach, who is I don't I he has some kind of disability. I I I don't I've never met him. I don't know, but he goes to a a special thing at lunch a couple once in a while, and he's asked Ellie a couple times to go with him. You know, instead of her, you know, take her lunch to the to the that room instead of the lunchroom, and you know, she's like so kind with like and then there was last year there was a girl named alana who had downs and she was always 
like helping Alana and things like that. And, uh, I, you know, so she, so she, she's like super kind. This is going to sound terrible, but advantage kids, this is going to sound terrible, but, uh, and again, I don't know your daughter as well uh-huh. as you, but I don't think it's that she's kind. Okay. I think it's that kids that age don't care as much. Maybe she, she knows that Zach and Alana are not like the rest of the Right. Kids. But that's not a yeah. problem. Yeah. She does. They are not significantly far cognitively away from her. As we are from them, for example. Yeah, okay. Or we are from, from kids like that who, who've grown to our age. I think the the separation okay. between them is probably not as, as wide. Uh, but what it reminds me of is Timmy and Jimmy from South Park. Okay. Right. Uh, in South Park, you know, that they're friends of them. I mean, they recognize their limitations, but they're still friends. They recognize mm-hmm. that Timmy's only ever going to say, Timmy! But you still have him around because he's the guy who's going to say, Timmy! <laughs> uh, you, know, you recognize that Jimmy can't walk a lot, but he he does have the great comic routines. So, <laughs> Right. Yeah. I, it's interesting having a, uh, a baby turn into a human, I guess, yeah. is, the, is the thing. You know, Max is still pretty simple. Yeah. There's no feelings or anything in there. You you, you pretty much know what you have to do to yeah. keep it's Max just desire, desire, desire. <laughs> and um, yeah, but you know, eight year old girls is 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 an interesting one. Complicated, especially of, especially when she hates recess. It's like lots of lots of different uh, fields that are. Part of me is like, how can you hate recess? What the fuck? <laughs> uh. You don't have to love recess all the time. I know, I know, but I mean, it's like this is our problem. <laughs> you know, this is the thing that's causing the family and you stress is you don't like recess. <laughs> you know, it, it's 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 so. Here's the thing: it's so easy for me to say, "Don't worry about it." Right? It's so easy for me to say, from my perspective, right. not being a part of the family and you know, only seeing Ali. I mean, I haven't seen Ali in actually in months, probably because I keep coming late uh-huh. uh, to help you put them to bed. That's the reason why I've been coming right. late. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I feel like um, I feel like just from an outsider perspective, Ali's doing exactly what I would expect somebody who's interested in math and not too interested in playing with Barbies would do. Yeah, uh, and that's Ali. <laughs> that's who she is. Yeah. So it, it doesn't sound. Like a negative to me, unless you want her to be the prom queen, unless that's what you really want. No, for that's her. a good and point. I don't think that's what you want for her. No, no, I, I definitely don't want her to be the prom queen. I, I'm her dad. I don't want her to be sad ever. <laughs> that's part of it, right? Mm-hmm. That's a big part of it, yeah, probably. Yeah, absolutely. So, but she's gonna be sad. You, you have to, you have to let go of that. I know, I know. You have to let go of that. I'm just saying what I want, not what I True. know. What the truth is going that's to be. That's a, that's a good point. You are only saying what you want, uh, but. Yeah, I mean, it's it sounds like an issue. It doesn't sound like a very difficult issue to me. It sounds like an issue that you can uh, get over really pretty easily by by justifying. So you asked if they had gong, if they had bongs. Yeah, I did on Amazon. Well, yes, they do. Good. We got the VZ gas mask tobacco pipe. <laughs> so it's a gas tobacco mask, but pipe. instead of the Instead of the canister, they have a bong mm-hmm. stuck in there. 
They have. Why would you do that with tobacco? God, I can't. (laughs) Oh my god, just that'd be the worst thing. That would just be absolutely horrible. All right, so they have the uh, glass pipe honeycomb and shower head perk oil rig glass hookah, eleven inches tall. Uh huh. Got a couple. Oh, there's a. a That's a plain old bong there. (laughs) It's just a big old bong. Mugwort cut one ounce, one hundred percent chemical free, no additives. You smoke mugwort, I guess. Uh, maybe it's an incense or something. Let's or... See, it's only six bucks for an ounce. Known as a known as common wormwood. Wormwood that can give psychedelic effects, right? Is, is that that's what uh, what you, the absinthe is made in? Yeah, I think yeah. It uh, yeah. It's native to Europe, Asia, and North America. Become an invasive weed. Blah. What do you do with this pack of wormwood? <laughs> they don't. But I mean, if you're supposed to smoke it, I bet they probably wouldn't say. No, this is mugwort. When sm- Question: Is this weed? <laughs> Okay. The answer: No. This is mugwort. When smoked, it does have a calming, does have calming qualities, but will not get you high. Question: Do you smoke it? No, Audrey. You make a tea and drink it because the herb comes loose. You will need a tea holder. Huh. But it's interesting that you got to it by doing a search for bongs. Yes. So if it's not, if you don't smoke it, <laughs> question. <laughs> It says, used to develop psychic powers. Are we talking spoon bending, mind control, or ripping holes in reality? Because my spoon is too straight. (laughs) No, it means the actual abilities like astral projection, (laughs) controlled out-of-body experiences. So in other words, it's a trip. You're you're tripping balls on a drug. (laughs) Does it have any healthy benefits? It's a very dry herb. If you take it as a tea, it tastes great. I had no adverse effects to taking it. Health improved. But I was able to astral project my soul into Neptune. (laughs) Just felt better all around. Happy trails. Mm. Speaking of that, where's this guy? Yeah. Yeah. See, if I wrote my name in, in cursive. He's writing his name on a whiteboard. Like that, the word cursive. The word cursive. The word curse. The word curse. <laughs> to talk to dead people. <laughs> and this is an adjective, adjective, pronoun. This is also classified as italic, which means it's removed from the paper, so it's blank. So when I autograph my paper, I should print it like you have done. Correct. You do it like this. Okay, so I But if you're not a mason, don't put the degree sign on there. I do that. But they're fully aware of that. 92nd degree mason, remember. All right. Uh, Lucid dreaming is a hobby of mine. (laughs) Mugwort has traditionally been used to increase dreaming, dream recall, and even encourage lucid dreams. I've only tried this a couple of times, but it did increase dreaming activity in an interesting way. 
You if know you, what also do that? Opioids. <laughs> if you try, if you give Any it a try, drug, really. be sure to only use it occasionally. Mugwort as an ingredient, through hone, in large doses can be toxic. There is good information on the internet. Period. Period. Why don't you find a good weed thing on Amazon? Unless right. you're not feeling this bit. No, I feel the bit. Okay. I just I I, I liked what you, I liked what you found. All right, I'm just gonna search for weed. Uh, it's probably just weed whackers, right? So marijuana. <laughs> no, no, you'll probably get. It. All right, what do we got here? Marijuana at all departments. So yeah, okay. So books, of course. Uh, Fifty piece glow in the dark marijuana weed pot leaves. So a little uh, toys. That, that's what I thought when I we would come up with way yeah. too many uh, novelty things. Ooh, a compact electric herb grinder. So you just put in your herb and zzz, and then you can put into joints very easily. A joint is like way too much weed for me. <laughs> I'm a total lightweight. Um, so there's like, there, there's pendants and uh, his, a. Uh, a bikini with a very attractive model wearing it. Uh, mugwort. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is this? Okay, Smokey's Wake and Bake Patina Blue Stonewashed Effect. It looks like a coffee mug, but it has a little siphon, like a little siphon thing at the bottom. I think it's the size of a coffee mug. I don't really have a scale here. So do you put the weed in there and then you cup your mouth over the top of the mug? Is that what you do? Uh, I suppose. Or, or do you smoke? Or, or do you suck at it? Because it looks like on, on the um, on the uh, ear of the cup. Yeah, on on the handle. Oh, it is open there. Yeah. So you water inside the mug. Mm-hmm. Water inside the mug, and then you weed here, uh-huh. fire here. Yeah. Suck on the handle. Huh? Yeah. Easy to clean. What is the suggested method for cleaning the smoke chamber and not just the bowl? Additionally, how time-consuming is the process of cleansing? I flush mine out with rubbing alcohol and hot water after every use. Nice mug. Top customer review. Nicely made mug. Quick arrival. Bought this for a buddy of I bought this for a buddy of Min. He loved it. A buddy of Min? A buddy of Min. Ming the Merciless? <laughs> love, love, love. Wait. Love, love, love Morphin's so much more now. A friend bought this for me. Love, love, love Morphin's so much more now. Thank you, Smokey the Potter. <laughs> Smokey the Potter? Well, the guy threw the pot, right? Yeah. Made the clay pot mug. Oh, okay. Because it's called Smokey's Wake and Bake Patina Blue Stonewashed Effect. Gotcha. Okay. I thought Smokey the Potter was like a... Not Smokey and the Potter. <laughs> they're, not a, they're not a comic duo. Yeah. Last review. Great quality. Gift recipient loved it. Quick shipping. Great quality. Gift recipient loved it. So basically, the review was the same as the title of the review. Awesome. Oh, 
Uh, cool. I mean, I see lots of lots of bongs and various things. Here's a keep calm and hit the bong glass square ashtray. So, uh, definitely use your craft beer radio. Uh, <laughs> referral link. Referral to... link to purchase that. What's a hookah oil rig honeycomb recycler? I is mean, it isn't just... it obvious? <laughs> Come on, you're my you're my world weary friend who knows all about things such as the. I have no clue. Honeycomb is probably the shape. Uh, it looks like a nice bong. The fact that this recycler might mean it it does something with it does more than one. Oh, so here's the, the honeycomb, water. right? It has all these little okay. short tubes. So where's the where's the weed go? Where do you put your weed? You put your man. weed in there. Okay, so and, and, so it well, bubbles through off, probably a couple chambers. Okay, first off, oil, oil, bongs use oil. Yeah, you can use oil instead of water. Yeah, I don't know exact. I don't know exactly what the thing is. I know yeah. I've heard about it. I, okay. I've never done it before, other than like vapes. Uh, I've never done uh, oil, but I know it's you can use hash oil and stuff like that. Okay. Oh, oil's the actual intoxicant yes oh i thought it was like instead of a water bong it was an oil bong oh no 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 no. No. okay (laughs) no that's not like oil can oil can i think put vegetable oil in your water bong and it gave you this that would be bad because marijuana thc uh binds to fat it does not it's not water soluble but it's fat soluble so an oil would actually be really bad that's why you can make uh Lots of things, lots of like brownies and stuff, because it binds to the butter. It binds to fat. If you just eat uh, marijuana without heating it up, okay, uh, you would not get any intoxication from it, or I, probably very, very little, because it needs to chemically. Uh, essentially, it's kind of like isomerization. So it's, it's a different process, um, but it needs to be changed mm-hmm. in order to be in order for your body to be able to accept it so it needs to go through uh, some kind of heating some kind of energy to change it and, and bind to it binds to fat cells that bind to um uh other things but fat's the one the one thing i know for sure okay well that ends our craft beer radio amazon weed segment oh you sh- can get, we should got something you can put your weed in there man <sighs> Well, I talked about the ashtray. Uh, let me let me do a, a Greg explains his tweets. Greg explains his tweets. <laughs> uh, so this actually relates. One of my tweets actually sort of relates to what we were talking about with Ali. Okay. Uh, I'm waiting for it to load. Here we go. So here's my tweet. So there's this culture, cultural narrative that I think is bad, and it's that boys just start little and grow, and girls emerge out of a chrysalis. Now, it sounds like Allie isn't going that direction. I, yeah, I saw this tweet. I yeah. really didn't understand, but I've also never seen girls grow up with debutante balls and right. things like that, yeah. so... Yeah, you know, I'm thinking about the whole princesses thing and, and, and okay. how there there's also 
there's even like I mean, the, there's movies based on this concept, right? The uh, mm-hmm. the um, she's all that's okay. right. Where you nerd, didn't you realize? You know, oh, you're gonna I'm gonna pay you to date this nerd, but didn't you realize she was a beautiful girl all along? All she had to do was take off her glasses. Those kind of things, mm, right? Okay. They need to need to break out of a chrysalis and then they become the beautiful butterfly. Uh, and I think that's bad for girls. Um, yeah. So I think if you if you read that tweet and and, and it, if I was better and more clear at what the tweet said, then you might have under you might have picked up on what my position was in the alley right. thing right away, because I think that speaks to my my thoughts on it. I mean, I think. No, I think Ali is is on. It sounds like Ali's on an awesome path. Yeah, I, that's that's I work every day for that, so it's the plan. Um, <laughs> there was a. I don't know if you've been. You probably haven't been watching the the Great Minds. Dan Harmon's been doing a series on history called Great Minds, and it's it's these ten minute things with a bunch of like Ron Funches in okay. one. And, um, Sarah Silverman was in one, and Thomas Middleditch was in one. Jack Black. They they all play. Uh, maybe he brings people back from like he brings historical people. Back and he presents them with the world before they disintegrate. Uh, and so like Jack Black was Beethoven. Thomas Middleditch was Shakespeare. Uh, Sarah Silverman was Betsy Ross. Uh, uh, Ron Fudges was Edie Amin. And he made a joke. Betsy Ross is the is I forget what the joke was on the show, but it was like um, anyway. I, okay, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try to explain it because I don't know the answer. So never mind. Okay. The most dangerous position you can take is that someone is always right, especially if that someone is you. Speaks for itself, I think. Yes. I think I said this link to you. I don't know. More GOP politicians have been arrested for sexual misconduct in bathrooms than trans people. I didn't see that one, but uh, sounds about right. <laughs> More GOP politicians have been arrested for sexual misconduct in bathrooms. Well, that's why they got to keep the trans people out of their bathrooms. Mm-hmm. Got to keep the trans people out of their bathrooms so there's not too crowded. Uh, I don't. I guess I didn't really tweet much. So yeah, that's kind of all. Sorry. I get to vote against Daryl Metcalf next week. What? What? Who are you going to vote for president? You mean for the... Republican. I don't know. I don't know. So, it's not Trump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, out of the three, I'd vote for Kasich. Uh-huh. I need to decide whether... I hate Cruz. I hate Cruz yeah. more than Trump, probably. But I need to decide if... If one more vote for Cruz is better than one more vote for Kasich. I think Kasich is the right choice and probably the vote you should make. Yeah, I'm probably going to make that vote. I, I will say this much. I have pretty much 99%, I'm 99% sure that Cruz will not be able to win the presidency. No 
fucking way. I don't have that kind of percentage about Trump. Right. I don't know. That's a wild card. Right. So, I mean, if I'm voting to keep Trump off the ticket, then I vote for Cruz, right? I that's probably the way person, I, I vote. I, I for vote I, right, but I'd vote for the person who would disrupt so that you're sure that none of these fuckers are going to win. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, I, I picked, I didn't think Sanders would still be in it by now. Uh-huh. So uh, that's one of the reasons I re registered as a Republican. But to be honest, he really isn't. Yeah. Uh, Hillary Clinton is so far and away ahead of Sanders that he, he he's made an impact on the race and he's made an impact on the party. Uh, but, I mean, what's happening is very, I mean, it's interesting to watch because the Republicans built a big tent and now the tent is being fractured and it's falling apart. And so the Democrats are building a big tent. This is just it's back and forth, back and right. forth it goes. So we're we're going to see a major. I think is going to be a major shift change to we may we I say we I'm not I'm not a Democrat. Mm-hmm. We may see the Senate and the House flip in this kind of environment with the with the crazy way the Republicans are acting. Yeah. The, uh, you and know, that and that beautiful democratic future is not going to last. There's no way that that lasts. Right. When I re-registered, I did not realize my calf was up for re-election, mm-hmm. so that was a happy surprise. But that's that's really the yeah. the thing that I care most about. It would have been nice to be able to vote for uh, Fetterman for Senate. I don't know Fetterman. The mayor of Braddock who's running for Senate. Oh, John Fetterman. All around. I haven't looked into it because I'm not. All around great guy, Democrat. He's running for Democrat, you know, for Senate, state Senate. So it would have been, I would have been honored to cast a vote for. for it, him. it must be in, it's not my area, right? He's your area. So it's state Senate. So oh, state Senate. State. So it's, well, the state or, Senate. No, no, no. I mean, I know no, it's, it's, I'm sorry, it's Senate. Senate. Okay. Yeah. He's running for U.S. He's Senate. running for U.S. Senate. Okay, so it's so, statewide. Yeah. So any Democrat, he'll be on the ballot. Well, I you know I'll learn about it more when the when the election mm-hmm. is coming close. I do like to look into it at least to see. I mean, he's done wonders for Braddock. He um, like not that it's one of the reasons you should vote for him, but I mean, like he cares about the town. Every mm-hmm. since he's been mayor, every murder that's happened in the town, he's gotten tattooed on his like leg or arm or whatever, like like the date that the guy died or something. So like. He's not going to be able to do that as a senator. No, no. <laughs> Never murder in the state, no. So, I mean... But, I mean, he's he's done... I, I don't have the list, but he's done so much to revitalize Braddock. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he's just, you know, like, he, you can't... I mean, I can't think of anything wrong with him. So, it'd be an honor to uh, have a senator like that as opposed to Pat Toomey. Or, uh, who's the other senator we have right now? I forget. I... I read that Fetterman likes child porn. I, I don't know whether it's true. <laughs> I'm just coming up with something. No. 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 
Yeah. <laughs> hey, you wouldn't have thought that about Jared. No, you're right. But you know, <laughs> Futterman is like married to um, like a Brazilian. Oh, like that changes. bikini model. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't change shop one, I guess, but. You better make sure that's sarcastic enough that it doesn't come across as slanderous. Well, I said I, I heard. Okay. I didn't say it was true. Allegedly. I, I said I read it somewhere. Okay. I don't even believe it, but I did read it somewhere. <laughs> he's got to be an asshole, don't you? I'm not being an asshole. It's, just, it's fun because it's like he's a perfect person. Nobody's fucking perfect. <laughs> he... Uh, <laughs> Maybe, maybe it needs to be uncovered, but until then. He's one of those guys, no, no, I remember what I read. He's one of those guys who likes to, like, see uh, the videos of the women crush mice with their heels. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's just his thing. I mean, it's weird, but. Scott Cobbler. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Anything okay. else you want to talk about? Well, let's see. Coming up this weekend, Gathra. Gathra. Oh, cool. Uh, Silkava. Oh, nice. Um, so those are tote both starting. So we'll have a lot to talk about. Did you say those are tote both starting? Both starting, yeah. I thought you said totes. No, I didn't. It sounded like you said those are totes both starting. They are, they are totes both starting. So if I did say it, I was correct. Okay. <laughs> Right on the money. Uh, Let's see here. What else? What else? There was other things I wanted to bring up. I'm trying to remember if they were very important. Talked about Rogue One. Uh, Well, let's see what David Wynn is up (laughs) to. The video backwards and find out who's responsible, come back in time to remove this individual. In as much as mom and dad never met, instead of turning right at the corner, he turned <laughs> left. dissecting Back to the Future? And never met his mate, therefore the oh, did I tell you? individual um, was never created. The I, crime I played Back to the place. Future for the kids, I tell you. Yeah, it's, told, okay. it's something as simple as that. It, yeah. Being able to fix the time-space continuum. Because, you know, in the course of the Cold War from World War II until present day, they built 88,000 nuclear bombs. They didn't detonate any of them because of what happened. Um, Everybody knows Oppenheimer, the guy who developed the atomic bomb, World War II in uh, Area 51. What do you think this guy looks like? His brother died two years ago. On his deathbed, he told, he gave the uh, GPS location of two B-2 bombers in Germany that had flown through the Philadelphia experiment at the time it took place in 1944. The window was opened, and the two B-2 bombers flew through that window in, 19, uh, in 20, 2007 or 2008 it was, and they flew back in time and landed in Germany in 1945. And they, they built this hangar, and they had this this hangar completely covered over with dirt, 20 feet of dirt, with these two B-2 bombers with four nuclear bombs in there, mm-hmm. but they didn't have fuel for them. Spreach. Otherwise, they could have flown those bombers into New York City from Germany. In post-war uh, Germany. And, uh, 
on his death bed, he gave the GPS the location of those two, and they were dug up. That was up on YouTube. They have GPS in the that they had recovered Wait, these YouTube, two bombers that had flown back in time. Dug out and verified that the window was still open from forty-five years ago, fifty years ago. There's there's events that are taking place. Like Indiana Jones stuff. They're becoming more and more well, relevant ago, to to the well, relevancy they, they of what oh, quantum language is and its like importance in the timeline of this planet. Uh, and why I'm allowed word. to teach this and how specific events have taken place that I've uncovered in contract language. Like the Ford beginning of the post Ford? office, no. how the fraud took place, and been able to no, unravel so who I watched, do you prosecute mm-hmm, in court. That down. I, uh, I watched um, that Red Letter Media for King of the Crystal Skull, uh-huh. and they're like, why have Harrison Ford? They had a couple of scenes where he was running like an old man, uh-huh. right? And it, like, just reboot it. Yeah, Ghostbusters, it. You know, and there, yeah, there's a the character is is a fine character as long as you got a good enough actor to do it. You could, you could do, you could make that work. You can make a young Indiana Jones work. And I mean, okay, so in the new movie, hopefully he plays his dad's character. Uh-huh. Hopefully he plays the Sean Connery character. Or something. But I don't want to see Mutt again. Yeah. I don't... Reboot the sun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like he says in, in that review, I do think that Shia LaBeouf is a pretty sort of natural actor. I, I think he's a douchebag, but I think he's a pretty natural actor. Uh, but he's, the character was... Run! Uh, run! Come on! Run! Come on! <laughs> run! Uh... And the, and the whole thing of Marion there really was extraordinarily superfluous to the point where it, yeah. it felt as about as tacked in as something can feel. And then getting rid of all the Indiana Jones um, precipitated violence, you know, like, uh-huh. you know, completely changes. Yeah, I mean. It's a totally different angle too, because they're going to some weird he sci-fi. Murdered a guy in Egypt. <laughs> he shot him down. There's yeah. There's also like I mean, Indiana Jones has always been about the, the mystical, religious, you know the 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 weird mm-hmm. shit that the weird occult shit that's behind the stuff that we call religions. That there's mm-hmm. like some weird power there, right? Uh, and. Then they go into this dumb sci-fi thing. Can't they come up with some crazy religion thing that would work just as well? No. Red Alert Media showed how much yeah. George Lucas wanted it to be like a serial, a, mm-hmm. B, a B movie. So he made a B movie. He made a D movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. And Steven Spielberg signed off on it. Uh-huh. Sure did. That's going to be great. The new one? No, you know you haven't. Okay, never mind. You got to, to see the, see the, see the first one. See the first uh, Star Wars. Uh, okay. Watch that one. Watch it. Very okay. good. Very good. Well, you told me that three kind of summed it all up, so I didn't. Need to watch. Three I didn't th- summed up. Three was a great. W- w- was a great example of film criticism. Okay. One and two were, also were, were very good. You know, were good examples of of little parts of film criticism three was the whole package in terms of sort of like all right 
We're, we're talking about the Plinket reviews. Yeah, the I don't think we actually introed yeah. what we're talking about again. That's true. Okay, so the Plinket reviews. <laughs> Three is like, all right, film school. Let, let's right. go through okay. you know some of this stuff. Whereas uh, one and two are more, all right, story school. Uh, and also... Uh, well, just, it, they're about terrible storytelling, and three was about terrible filmmaking. There was aspects of both, right? But yeah, when you see him break down the opening to Star Wars versus the opening of Phantom Menace, and you realize, whoa, just the the complete. Uh, meltdown the the complete lack of understanding how these stories that Lucas is telling are supposed to work what he what also I, I love about them is he brings up several times the main defense I heard around the time when the prequels were out was these are movies for kids why are you being so critical about the movie that's really for little children I don't know did you do you remember hearing mm-hmm. that yeah uh, and he points out okay there is huge like senate situations where they're talking about taxes <laughs> in a thing that's supposed to be for kids there's uh and there's killing anakin or you know <laughs> letting him be roasted by a fire while he screams to death <laughs> right uh and, and killing other kids in a movie that's supposed to be for kids there's oh it's darker took this one darker. he took that one darker but like there's there's a, a bunch of totally boring shit that makes no sense in a movie that's supposed to be for kids particularly you know in, in the first one it's just it's a nonsensical story that you have to be either a baby <laughs> like just not mm-hmm. know anything and, and just be fascinated by the videos or have deluded yourself into liking it to like it I don't want to I don't want to dismiss. I don't want to say that people who like it are dumb. They're not dumb. They just, I do not appreciate at all what they like. And I can give you lots of reasons why I don't think a lot of other people do either. All those people were smart. (laughs) There are smart people. Who love these shows and I love these, these these movies and I can't say they're dumb because they like the movies. I guess I can say they're dumb with regards to this, but I feel like that that's that's probably more presumptuous than I should be. It's never stopped you before. It has never stopped me, but it also doesn't mean I feel bad. I don't feel bad about it. Right. <laughs> I I don't I don't ever actually believe that I'm the best at anything, at anything. So, uh, so take everything I say and every, and everything I believe with a grain of salt, please. Good. Should we end on some more David yeah. Miller? Yeah, sure. Articulates under law of the flag and postal codes, the geographical location in terms of a constitution, title 28, 1331, then you, 
authorization for a clerk to file the paperwork. This goes on for nine. A thirteen thirteen sixty one authorization for like a judge. dollars to watch this shit. Yeah. And a Title twenty eight section six thirty six to you order this amount of money. Open. In other words, ordering the piece like, of paper to be in open court, and whoever signs the stamp endorses it and puts their name on it as a federal judge is the federal judge on the paper. Because it's a federal stamp and a federal flag, there is no such thing as a state court. Any state court touching money, doesn't it say federal reserve note? You can't be federal in a state entity. If there is no money involved in a state court operation, they must get you to sign a bond making your body collateral for the bond. There's no paper. You become a value as a bond. That's why you have to bond out of a state court. They can't create money. They're not federal. They're state. And the courthouse is a foreign vessel in dry dock. So you've left Indiana, Indiana Territory, and now you've entered the condition of an illusion who makes you bond yourself. Once you're bonded to the vessel in dry dock, the sheriff can leave the, the courthouse, and the sheriff is only there to protect the judge, and go out and capture you as a bounty hunter. And that gives him his authorization to leave the vessel and go out onto the Indiana Territory and capture you. If you don't bond out, you'll never leave the foreign vessel in dry dock. It's really like somebody has a very perverted view of, of what's happening, and then they develop this whole backstory and universe. <laughs> well, it's explain. like the first time I saw Time Cube. I tried yeah. to make sense of Time yeah. Cube. And... Yeah, it is. This is time. If you go to this, this guy's webpage, it is Time Cube. I mean, it is as nuts as Time Cube. But he has five billion people. It's not as page. racist as Time Cube, <laughs> but it's as nuts. Well, as Time, Time Cube was subtly racist, wasn't it? Mm, it? It well, maybe at first, but it got much more blatant as time went on. Yeah, okay. He, um, he has five billion people on his website. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He says he has five billion people who who are learning this. It's out of the eight billion on Earth. Sixty-three percent. So. We should be running into them all the time. Yeah, every other person. Yeah. <laughs> One of us is a David Wynn Miller fanatic. And that would be the likelihood, right? I mean... Yeah. Who is it? Well, I'm the guy who showed you the video, so what do you I think? I don't know. Must be me. Because <laughs> I can conjugate the money, the, the words on the money. All right. Uh, so, yeah, if you want to look up David Wynn Miller, Quantum Grammar Seminar, September 2012. Full. He talks about uh, the end of the world in, in uh, December 2012, too, so that's great. Uh, oh, it's it's just, it's it's wonderful. It is wonderful, wonderful stuff. Happy Pay, all money. Pay all that money for a seminar in September, and he yeah. tells you it's going to end in December. Well, no, he, he said, actually, yeah. <laughs> the change... Was this is early? I mean, this is like in, in the first like forty minutes. I was also skipping around. But he said something like the at twenty twelve, the entire world is going to switch over to his quantum grammar, and it's going to be on all the TV shows, you know, all the t TV networks. Him teaching because everyone's going to have to change into the quantum grammar. This time, it, it, it's just yeah, it's it is diving into a fantastically crazy wormhole. <laughs> 
and uh, it, it's it's as good as eating some mushrooms and taking a trip. This is the same kind of thing. It's just a whole bunch of nonsense, uh, and and it and it feels kind of it feels silly and fascinating and like uh, there, there's something there, there's something interesting here that I can grab onto, even though there's nothing. Uh, you almost feel like you can decipher it. Yeah, you yeah. feel like you exactly. Can... Yeah, like like th- there's a there's a twisted logic here. If I can just, it's either it that out. or you're like, oh, I'm gonna find something that proves that he's crazy. <laughs> well, there's plenty to prove that he's crazy. But, I mean, it's like if it's, it, I'm not saying it's all sane, but it's like not... remember, all the presidents of the U.S. are left-handed, right? It it's yeah. just it it's like. There's, but there is a twisted logic here, and it would be really interesting to figure this guy out to get like get the to find the equation where you could be like, okay, I can see how this guy is normal based on this translation. But it's maybe just, he's just like really good at improv, and he's just riffing on whatever comes to mind. I, I would say he probably is very good at improv because he's doing this. Uh, he's, I mean, this shit is clearly coming off the top of his head. Mm-hmm. This isn't you don't you don't make a nine and a half hour presentation <laughs> you just riff you just go but this guy is just a fucking wind up doll of crazy <laughs> well that sounds like fun I got a pee so let's get the hell right. out of here happy 420 everybody